0: This is The Drive Podcast with Josh Graham. Welcome to the internet, my friend. How can I help you? Check out The Drive weekday afternoons at 3 on WSJS
1: Sports.
2: Wednesday Drive, WSJS, News Talk Sports for the Triad, where the college football playoff committee did the surprising thing by doing the right thing last night. It put Tennessee at one, which, as I wear more Vol merch today, that was given to me over the weekend in Knoxville, was warranted given their resume. It was warranted given the fact that, there really isn't a good reason not to rank them at number one. If you have a good reason, I'd love to hear it. I still haven't heard an argument against them being the number one team. So it was good that they put them there. But rather than simply placing Georgia at two in order to give us the one versus two matchup this weekend, they put Ohio State there, who's been more impressive, who's been more proven in my opinion. But that wasn't the most surprising ranking we saw. No, 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 no. A couple rankings down the line... They had Clemson ranked over TCU, Alabama, and Michigan at the number four spot. Nobody really saw that coming. And in doing so, the committee sent a message, a pretty loud message in my opinion. They like Clemson. They think Clemson's a playoff team. And if Clemson wins out, they will without a doubt be in the four. Full stop. That's what we learned last night. Because given the teams they are ranked in front of right now and how the rest of the top 25 shook out, Clemson's going to be there if they win out. One loss, Bama. They're not going to be ranked ahead of Clemson. The rest of the way, they're not going to be ranked ahead of the Tigers given that Clemson has Notre Dame this weekend still left to go and a matchup with North Carolina in the ACC championship game. TCU's resume. Comparable to Clemson's. But they're separated by three spots. That's the committee telling you. We think a one loss team's better than TCU. So do you think there's anything TCU can do. Winning the rest of their Big 12 games. After the gauntlet they've already faced. That's going to make the committee feel better about TCU. Than unbeaten Clemson. No. But the real shock was. Clemson over Michigan. Nobody thought that they would do it, and I'm so glad that they did because this is not a popular opinion, but it's become a fact of reality the last 10 years that we've seen this playoff. Other than Ohio State, Big Ten teams get murdered when they play playoff teams. They do. And sometimes Ohio State gets bludgeoned. I'm old enough to remember Clemson shutting them out 31 to nothing in a playoff game. That was not centuries ago. When Big Ten teams play teams from the South, South South-size, South-speed, SEC teams, and Clemson, it does not go well for the Big Ten schools, just like it didn't for Michigan when they made the playoff last year. Nobody's really arguing that this year's Michigan team was better than last year's team that got blown out. But the narrative, a word that I hate but is relevant in this case, is that you can't have Clemson. I saw multiple people saying this last night, smart people. You can't have Clemson in the four because you're just going to have a blowout in the first playoff game. What evidence is there that that would happen to Clemson? When Michigan gets to the playoff, they get killed. When Ohio State half the time Ohio State gets there, they get killed. Has that ever happened to Clemson? They've been in the playoff 6 straight years before not making it last year. Give me the example where Clemson's getting crushed bully clubbed in a championship game in a college football playoff setting. That just doesn't happen. They don't get crushed. They're the ones bulldozing people by 30. And they've earned that benefit of the doubt. The same way Bama deserves the benefit of the doubt over TCU, given past history, even though Boo Corrigan, NC State, AD, who's the committee chair, would never admit that past years influenced the committee this season, which we know it does, Clemson deserves that benefit of the doubt over Michigan and the back end of the rankings. It's a tell for the committee liking Clemson and wanting Clemson to get to the finish line because they think they're one of the four best teams in America. Wake Forest being ranked, State being ranked, Syracuse being ranked. Didn't love in real time Cuse being ranked ahead of Wake Forest, but it's not egregious the more that you dive into the numbers. You just knew when you saw those teams on the back end, this is going to be pretty good for Clemson, considering that they've beaten all of those teams. That's the case over TCU. More ranked wins, and your best win was on the road while TCU's wins, often coming from behind, against K-State and against Oklahoma State, were in Fort Worth. You just know when the rankings come out, they use 10 through 25 as a way to justify what you see at the top. So the moment I saw LSU appear at number 10, Connor O'Neill was sitting next to me at the Joel last night for Wake Forest, Winston-Salem State, and we said in unison, Tennessee's going to be number one. Because Tennessee beat the breaks off LSU by 30-plus, 27 or whatever the final score ended up being. That was a rout, and it was in Baton Rouge. That's how the committee works. The back end of that committee or the back end of the rankings, they tell you really the story of who they like at the top. And the committee's given the ACC a fair shake. Evident by State AD Boo Corrigan being the chair and Jim Grove being on the committee. There are only 13 voices, and those are two of the voices. And Clemson deserves the benefit of the doubt, and that's exactly what they got. The committee views Clemson as a playoff team. This was Boo Corrigan. After speaking with Reese Davis, jumping on a conference call with the media, explaining the Tigers being in the four spot.
3: As we go through it, and as we talk about
0: certainly the wins, you know, at Wake, at Florida State, over uh, NC State, over Syracuse, uh, really did
2: push them over the top. Uh, But again, there's 240-plus games still to be played this year. You know, there's a lot of really good football in front of us. There is and Clemson's playing a lot of it and rewarded for a ton of wins against ranked opponents. On Twitter, at WSJS Radio, if you want in, 336-777-1600 is the phone number. Shifting things to Wake Football. Either Dave Clawson listens to this show closely, and I'm sure he does, or great minds just think alike, because we saw Sam Hartman's outing at Louisville the exact same way, and he was more than justified in giving an impassioned defense For his quarterback. He reminded most people that. Often. Whether it's the media. Or folks in everyday jobs. It's easy to default. To what's easy and convenient. In other words. It's easy to do the lazy thing. The example I give. And it's probably a bad example. I go to Costco. And even though. You can pull those gas pumps. To the other side of your car. Regardless of what side your tank is on, people always stay in the line, even if it is staying longer and less efficiently, and a longer line, because they don't want to pull it across their cart. Even though the big signs say that you can do it, oh, I'm going to sit in the longer line just because it's easier to put it into my gas pump, having it on the same side. Okay. People generally are lazy. Media. No different. Sam Hartman's stats, they looked like another one of those meltdowns, a la the Mayo Bowl a couple of years ago, a la the Pittsburgh ACC Championship game last year. So I guess it is another example of that. We thought Wake would win. They lose big. This is just a meltdown for Sam Hartman. Often the quarterback gets too much credit. Often the quarterback gets too much blame when you lose. This was an example of that. Sam Hartman didn't play a great game. But Sam Hartman was also let down by his teammates, as Clausen pointed out yesterday.
4: And he's probably responsible for maybe one, one and a half of those turnovers. Uh, the first pick that he threw for a pick six was a perfectly thrown ball. He Threw it exactly where he should, and the receiver on that route supposed to come back down the stem, and he didn't. And if the receiver comes back down the stem like he should, uh, like we do every time we, you know, we run that route, um, it's a first down and it's a catch. You know, the other pick hit the receiver right in the chest, and we dropped the football. Uh, two of the, uh, you know, the the fumbles, that there was a blindside uh, strip sack, you know, and he's about to throw the ball. And then, you know, on the one on fourth down, there was a, a blitzer that was right in his lap, um, and it's a fourth down play. You're going to get the ball off, and he had a fraction of a second to throw it.
2: Exactly. A.T. Perry ran, didn't finish running the route. And when the guy picked it off, he thought he was going to run out of bounds with his momentum. He didn't, so he stopped running. It ends up being a pick six. Blake Whitehart stopped running on that play too. Donovan Green was hit right in the chest with a ball. That's not on Sam Hartman. Protection breaking down, that's not all on Sam Hartman. Fourth down, you're having to force it. It gets picked off. That's not all on Sam. So he didn't play a great game, but he was also let down by his teammates. This was not a meltdown. Here's more from Clausen.
4: You know turnovers aren't just because of the quarterback and you know we had protection issues uh, we had route issues we had a drop um, there's certainly you know one of them that i thought he could have prevented and another one you know if he hangs in there a little bit longer but you know you're, you're playing from behind and you're trying to get back in the game and, and sometimes when you do that you take chances um, but the narrative that it was another one of those moments for sam Uh, if you watch the film, is not accurate at all.
2: Good on Clawson backing his quarterback. It's spot on. It calls out lazy, which I'm in favor of. And if his quarterback doesn't speak, and we haven't heard from Sam in a week and a half, which is unusual, it's up to Clawson to make these points because they won't be made otherwise.
0: Hey, Triad, this is Rich Eisen. Catch me this evening at 6 for The Rich Eisen
3: Show. Now back to The Drive with Josh Graham.
2: Some news nuggets today. One related to Duke basketball. Bill Self suspended... So the first four games of the Kansas season it is a self-imposed four-game suspension for him and a player that means he will not be coaching against John Shire and the Blue Devils in the Champions Classic there are some Carolina Panthers injury notes to share with you that we'll get to in a second that's because right now we're being joined by a voice we're going to be hearing quite often during basketball season it is the voice of the Blue Devils David Shumate that joins us Tonight, you can listen to him as the Blue Devils face Fayetteville State in a exhibition, the game starting at 7 o'clock. David, this is where I want to start. The word I keep hearing from Cameron from practice and really over the summer as well is Tyrese Proctor, who reclassified into this class that was already a pretty darn good class that John Shire uh, recruited at Duke. He's a guy who started apparently in the super secret scrimmage that we're not allowed to speak about against Houston, and has apparently been impressing a lot of coaches too. What exactly does John Shire have in Tyrese Proctor, based on what you've been told?
0: There was a scrimmage. I didn't. I didn't realize there was. I, <laughs> but no, it's, um, let's be careful. I,
2: yeah, let's be careful.
0: We can't talk about these things, right? Uh, <laughs> no, but um. Tyrese has been incredibly impressive. I mean, I'm lucky enough to go watch practice a little bit, and and there's so many things to like about his game. Obviously, he's young, but he's got a very mature demeanor. He's got a good sense about himself, but also what he needs to do with the team. But the thing that impresses me the most, um, just watching his game purely, he has an effortless release on his jump shot um, from three. Uh, You know, pure shooter kind of reminds me of, like, you know, I don't want to go straight comparisons here, but Cam Reddish, how it was just effortless the way he could shoot the basketball. And I think that's one of the things that gets you so excited um, to see what he can do as a pure score. And I was actually talking with John Shire about this a week or so ago about, you know, when you reclassify, you don't know how it's going to look and, and coming in. And obviously you got here late in the summer and good as advertised was kind of the framing I put on. it. And he said better than advertised and, and watching him in practice. I think that's certainly um, a fair comparison. He is going to be a huge piece to the puzzle this year.
2: How are Derek Lively and Derek Whitehead trending towards next Monday's opener? I know they both missed apparently that super secret scrimmage.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know anything specific in terms of availability for that game. It, it certainly feels like Lively is a, a little bit ahead of Derek at this point, just, you know, with with the injury that he dealt with. I know coach has kind of described it as Lively as week to week, and Dariq, and who was a few weeks out, that was kind of talking about it after countdown. But I, I think with, you know, obviously with Dariq dealing with foot and coming back from surgery and, and lively with his injury, there's no reason to rush things. I mean, we live in the present, right, because of what's going on right now and everything seems incredibly urgent. But I think what the coaching staff and, and the guys around the program are incredibly worried about is the long haul, right? So, you know, you want to take your time. You want to make sure it's done right because you don't want to have any setbacks as you're working your way through this. It's a long season, and Duke is certainly going to need them, so I don't think there's any rush. But um, I I do think they're both getting closer. They've had chances to be back out there in practice. So I I feel like it's not too far away, but I don't know anything specific for Monday yet.
2: I'm with you that it's not time to panic or anything like that when you talk about an injury to Dariq and what he's been dealing with trying to get back onto the floor. But given how much hype surrounded him going into the season – It is appropriate, I feel, to, to, I think, maybe manage expectations a little bit, given what we've seen, particularly with freshmen who have dealt with injuries in preseason camp. It takes a little bit more time for them to start to hit their peak. A.J. Griffin comes to mind last year. Walker Kessler at North Carolina. It took until late January or February for him to start figuring it out a couple of years ago. When you're missing camp, just how valuable is this time when you're talking about freshmen being integrated into the mix?
0: Well, I mean, I think that's fair, and I think that's part of the process when you're working your way back. It's not just rehabbing from the injury. It's getting back into playing shape and and getting some of those reps that you may have missed during camp, whether that's learning scheme, or just getting familiar with the guys that are out on the floor. I think all of that kind of blends into it. A lot of people think, okay, the injury's good. You're ready to go. Well, no, you got to start getting your conditioning back to where it needs to be because that's all the stuff – that goes into it when you don't want to have a setback or or re-injury type situation. So I think all that stuff is really important that goes into it. And I think one of the things that makes this not an incredibly urgent situation is because, look, Duke is obviously young. Seven of the 11 newcomers are freshmen, but there's some graduate transfers that are maybe pieces. I'm sure we'll talk about them coming up, but Ryan Young, Jacob Grandison, you know, those are going to be important guys that can – you know, I don't want to say fill the gap, that's a bad way to put it, but you know what I mean. It's a deep team this year to where you've got a chance for derek and Lively to heal the right way, so to speak, and make sure they're in good playing shape and ready to come out and contribute when you do bring them back uh, here early in the season.
2: David Shumate's with us here, voice of the Blue Devils. Listen tonight as Duke has its exhibition ahead of the start of the season next Monday night at Cameron Indoor Stadium. Uh, follow him on Twitter at Duke P B P. I actually want to shift things to football for a second because I saw a stat earlier today that spoke to the radical differences we've seen, not just on defense and Mike Elko, his strong suit as defense, got to know him when he was in Winston-Salem with Wake Forest on Dave Clawson's staff, of course, but offensively too. So both sides of the ball have seen radical improvements. What side's improvement has surprised you most following it closely?
0: I think you have to go, and this isn't just because it's where the head coach's eye lay. To me, the defense has been startling, um, how much they've turned it around from being statistically the worst defense, uh, you know, in the country a year ago to now only giving up 22 points a game. Um, Much has been made of the turnover differential that's now plus 14, which is incredible from where Duke was the last couple of seasons. But I think what Rob Smith and obviously Mike Elko have done on defense it's just a group that plays more physical. Um, they have this term, swarm to the football. You don't want to talk about rallying to football and tackling, but Duke is actually doing it to where they're not giving up these big chunk plays because of a missed tackle or two. And, and to me, the, the incredible piece is, yes, there are some transfers. You know, uh, Dayton Speedy-Young comes over from Iowa State in the secondary. Darius Joyner has been a big piece coming over uh, from Western Illinois at the FCS ranks. But a lot of these guys, are the same guys that were here a year ago talking mm-hmm. about Dwayne Carter along the defensive line or Ashaka Hayward at linebacker and the way that they've improved their bodies in the off season with the strength and conditioning staff, but the mentality and changing the culture and, and leading this turnaround, it's not just a wholesale new group of guys. It's some of the guys that were part of the group that struggled a year ago and, and went through the growing pains of that process. It has been remarkable see that turnaround on defense the way they've limited the run game and obviously forcing all those turnovers they did at miami
2: david good luck with the crossover that has arrived for you football on friday night and you got basketball tonight and basketball next week i don't want to remind you how busy things are about to get so have a great call tonight and thank you so much for squeezing in the time for the triad
0: no I appreciate it. I don't think anyone's going to feel sorry for me going to Boston, going to Indianapolis, going to Portland. So it's not all that bad. There's a lot of work. But hey,
2: yeah, I'll save a plate of food for you the next time you're back here in uh, uh, near Trade Street or in downtown Winston, okay? Sounds good. Appreciate it, it man. Thanks,
0: That's- man. That's now the moment you've all been waiting for. You're on The Drive with
1: Josh Graham.
2: Last night at the Joel Coliseum, just more evidence that the Wake Forest Winston-Salem State Series should be a cool local annual tradition. Every year, these teams should do it. Sometimes you don't know when something is a tradition, when it's being started, but there are other cases where you see something happen and you know oh, just keep doing that and never stop. I thought about that when I saw for the first time on television what they do at the end of the first quarter at Iowa. They just erected a new children's hospital that overlooks the stadium, and at the end of the first quarter, one game they just decided they put all the kids in the hospital on the top floor looking down, and on the scoreboard they said, Hey, everybody, let's wave at the kids at the children's hospital. And everyone on the sideline and all the coaches start waving. A perfect thing, and they do it at the end of the first quarter of every game. One of the coolest things in college football. As soon as they did it for the first time, everybody knew, yeah, let's just keep doing that until the end of time. Wake Winston-Salem State playing in an exhibition should become that type of tradition. The relationship is mutually beneficial. For Wake Forest, it better connects you to the community that you're in. Wake Forest University and Winston-Salem State share a college town. And it's no secret that Wake Forest, many of its alumni, don't stay in the Piedmont Triad. Versus Winston-Salem State, a lot of its alumni stay local to the Carolinas and to the Piedmont. So for Wake, it better connects you to your community. And for Winston-Salem State, obviously, it's great exposure when you get the chance to play an ACC program. There isn't a history, really, of these two playing regularly. Unless you go way back in the day to Earl the Pearl Monroe. By the way, this year is the 55-year anniversary of that legendary 67 team that the Pearl was on. If you go way back then, where Earl the Pearl was competing with guys like Billy Packer, sure, there's some history, but not even Cleo Hill's dad, Cleo Hill Jr.'s dad, another great at Winston-Salem State, had the experience of playing against the Demon Deacons. There wasn't a lot of this. Before they played last year, this being the second consecutive year that they've played, it's been over a decade since the two went head-to-head, and it just didn't make sense. If you're going to play an exhibition, why not play it against Winston-Salem State and make it a game that fans will want to go to and that the players will appreciate too because, again, you share a college town. I'm sure many of these basketball players have run into each other and spend time together on a regular basis. So rekindling that makes a lot of sense. And here's Cleo Hill Jr. giving his thoughts on the significance of these teams playing each other, and also extending an offer Steve Forbes way
1: for the two schools to come together uh, in Winston-Salem. It shows a lot of growth um, uh, in both programs, and a, a lot of growth in the city of Winston-Salem. So we would we would like to extend the invitation, have the Deacons come over to come over the games next year. That that would be like a a fitting fitting thing for us to do for the third year. Um, but I, I think it's great, and, and Steve is a great guy. Um, he always uh, talks very, very highly of, of our program, and, and we feel the same way about it.
2: So come on over to the Gain Center next year for the third meeting. Cleo made it clear that they had not figured out whether or not they were going to do it for a third straight season yet at the start of the press conference. He said that at the end. And the first place my head went was, could the game Center facilitate this? I don't know how many fans the game Center can hold, but quick Google search says 3,200. You're going to need more than that, I think, to get an ACC team to come in. Not saying it can't be done. By the way, shout out to our friends at... Heritage Hardwood Floors, who actually do the floors at the Gain Center at Winston-Salem State. We're going to be playing grammar school with BDOT a little bit later on. They've been sponsoring that segment here of late. The Gain Center hosting Wake Forest. Is that something that could happen? Well, I brought it up to Steve Forbes in addition to just talking about the series in general, the plausibility of it being an annual thing and he seemed game for the latter, not so much for the former.
1: Uh, I think it's great. I, I think it's great for the, for our city. It's great for uh, both both schools. It's good for the guys. You know, you got a lot of kids from North Carolina playing in the game. Um, it actually means something. A lot of times these games don't. You know, you're playing somebody that you never heard of. Um, it just makes it easy on me for scheduling because I just have I can just tell everybody no. I personally like having the scrimmage and then playing this game, so I don't really see it changing. Uh, as far as us going over there, well, maybe maybe after uh, to get another coach here, I don't know, maybe we can figure that out, but I'm just not going to be on my deal.
2: He knows what's up. Going to Gaines Center. Last year, Winston-Salem State had not played a game in a year and a half. Remember, the CIAA did not have a season during COVID, So Wake throttled Winston-Salem State by about 30. Last night, pretty competitive game. Multiple times, Winston-Salem State cut a 19-point lead down to nine. Never got closer than that, but had Steve Forbes calling timeouts in the final five minutes of this game, made it really competitive. So it doesn't surprise me he doesn't want to go into the game center if he doesn't have to. And I don't think really he should have to. It still benefits Winston-Salem State and Wake Forest getting out of this series exactly what they want if every year they're able to play at the Joel Coliseum and facilitate more than 3,200 people. I think they announced last night 3,700, if memory serves. Don't know if that's a legitimate 3,700, but still nonetheless, that's more than the actual capacity that you would have at the game Center. 336 on Twitter at WSJS Radio. What do you think about the Winston-Salem State-Wake Forest series moving forward? Shifting things back to the college football playoff ranking that dropped last night. This is another thought that came from the top. The SEC's three-team doomsday scenario doesn't seem all that hot today. In fact, I think it's almost dead. The one thing... This is what would kill the three-team playoff scenario, WD. This week, this is what would kill it. If Tennessee beats Georgia, or, obviously, if LSU hands Alabama a second loss, then I think it's done. I don't think we're talking about it anymore. Alabama would no longer be in the driver's seat in the SEC West. LSU already has two losses, including to Florida State. And getting to Tennessee and Georgia, if Tennessee were to beat the Dogs, the Dogs already sit at three. They would drop, and Tennessee would likely go to the SEC championship game. Georgia would not win the SEC or even make it to the championship game. And as of right now, they would not have a win against a team that's ranked in the top 25 other than Oregon, who they beat in the opener. So their only ranked win right now, Georgia's, is against Oregon in the opener. And if they lose to Tennessee, that's all they're going to have on their schedule. That's not enough to impress, especially if you don't impress against Kent State and you don't impress against Mizzou that game going into the final five minutes. So the dogs, as far as I see it, are done as playoff as a playoff contender if they lose Saturday against Tennessee. Even if Georgia wins, I still think the scenario is unlikely because the committee showed us that they thought a lot of Clemson. They put Clemson at number four over Michigan, Alabama, and TCU. There's no way that they're going to put a one-loss non-division champ in the SEC over an unbeaten Clemson. And they're certainly not going to put them over an unbeaten Ohio State or Michigan with a win against one another if that's how it shook out. So the scenario would need a lot of help, even if Georgia beats Tennessee on Saturday. And even though Georgia's an eight-point favorite, That looks like a really scary game for Georgia for a few reasons. Yesterday, they lost their outside linebacker, Nolan Smith, for the season. Another Nolan Smith, not the Nolan Smith that you're probably thinking of. He might be the best linebacker not named Will Anderson in America. He's really good. He's the heart and soul of this Georgia defense, out for the year. And they're facing the number one offense in America, the number one team in America. And how's this for a stat? Kirby Smart is one for nine at Georgia when his defense allows 30 points. Are you holding Tennessee to 30? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. But not going to completely tip my hand on Graham's grades or Graham's gambling, excuse me, on tomorrow's show, but it's a lot of points to be given Big Orange. A lot of points, and that's not a lot of points that Wake Forest is laying against NC State. Just just throwing that out there, Sam Washington. Just throwing that. Tell them to bring me my money. As for Tennessee and Georgia, since Duke's playing Friday night on SJS, and you could listen to high school football on the web this weekend, round one of the high school football playoffs, we will have Tennessee and Georgia on our airwaves this Saturday afternoon. A guy I was hanging out with on a rooftop bar in Winston-Salem this Sunday or this, uh, this summer, J.P. Shedrick, who also does stuff for the Jags Radio Network, will be on the call for that game. Look forward to listening to that. It's The
1: Drive with
2: Josh Graham.
3: W-S-J-S.
2: Already given away two pairs of tickets to see Wake Forest play next Monday night. Their opener is against... The Fairfield Stags. One more pair to give away. Call in now to win, and I'll ask you a trivia question that might be the laziest one of the bunch. I'm not proud of this one. It's super easy. 336 777 1600. But before we give you a shot at being a winner, let's talk about the team that won at the Joel Coliseum last night Ty Appleby and Wake Forest basketball. Edging Winston-Salem State. Final score was about 82-69. to Don't know why I said about. That's actually pretty precise. Ty Appleby was in double digits in the game. Just like he was having a double-double in the super-secret scrimmage against Ohio State that we're not allowed to talk about. Shh, don't you talk about that. Ty Appleby, he's going to be a fan favorite this year. The same way that Alondis Williams was a fan favorite, Ty Appleby is going to be that this year. And it seems clear to me. He's a proven ball handler. He's an experienced player. I believe this is his third stop of his collegiate career, spending the last two years at the University of Florida. He is a proven scorer, assist man, points man. But he was super excited about another stat that he had last night after the game in the post-game press conference. He was sitting next to Andrew Carr, another transfer, pointing and giggling at the box score. So I had to ask what exactly he was laughing and giggling at. This is how that sounded. I see you're getting a good look at that stat sheet. What is so interesting right now? What are you pointing to there?
5: I have five rebounds. You I five rebounds. <laughs> Is
2: that normal for you to get five rebounds?
5: Mm-mm. I don't really get too many of them. Hey, everybody be too big. I got five, though. Hey, everybody be too big. I got five, though. That's it.
2: By the end of the week, I expect a remix of this. Rather than, I've got five on them, I want to hear... Hey, everybody, be
5: too big. I got five, though.
2: I got five, though, by Ty Appleby. Outstanding. Let's get a winner out of the way here. Three, three, six, seven, 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 one, six hundred. Let's go to Donald and Clemens. Donald, your chance to see Ty Appleby play next Monday. Are you ready to go? Yes, sir. Who does Christian McCaffrey play for?
4: Who does Christian McCaffrey play for?
2: Yeah. Trade deadline was this week. A lot of guys been traded.
1: Uh, San Francisco 49ers.
2: Like I said, I'm ashamed of how easy that was. Enjoy the Man, game. That was too easy. I'm sorry, Donald. I'm sorry I made it too okay. easy. You know how people slack off at their job in the middle of the week on Hump Day? That's an example uh, of me slacking off, and you're the one benefiting from it. So enjoy the game on Monday.
4: Okay, yeah. there you go. Right.
2: Stay on the line. WD will get your information, but. We have three pairs of tickets, not five. But if we had five, this might be what I'm saying.
5: I got five up. That's
2: what I would be saying if I had five pairs of tickets to go see Wake Basketball play. Maybe if you combine the tickets that I have and that Jeffrey Griffin has, that might be part of the sales pitch that we have a lot of tickets to be given away in the morning show and our show combined.
5: I got five though. <laughs> But the
2: sales pitch to go to the Joel is you get to hear the sweet, syrupy vibe uh, pipes of one Jeffrey Griffin that you also get to listen to in the morning here on Triad Today. Congratulations to Donald winning those tickets. But Ty Appleby was also a delight at ACC tip-off, too. BDOT's going to be with us. We'll play grammar school in about an hour. But this was an exchange we had back in Charlotte. Ty, we learned something about Ty via a very pointed but good question from Dodd.
3: Now, has anybody reached out to Applebee's for an NIL deal?
5: No, no, no. That needs no. to be on the to-do tra- list. I tried that, though. Okay, okay. I, try, okay. I tried okay. It already. How do you
3: try
2: it?
5: They ain't never get back to me. <laughs> no, so. I mean,
2: like, how? Do you, like, reach out to Applebee's
3: you email, yeah, corporate? Yeah, you email corporate. Yo. Is that what you did? <laughs> I tried to. I tried
5: to. You know, the, the last name. So exactly. I tried. I tried. Well,
2: here's a story I got for you. I was talking to uh, Frankie Luvu in the Panthers locker room. And Frankie was saying, you know what? We're going to celebrate the win by, by drinking some tequila. I'm just kidding, he says. I'm like, well, hypothetically, if you were drinking tequila, what would you drink? And he's like, oh, man. The Rock's new brand, blah, 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 and he starts going off about it. Put that up on social, and later that week, The Rock sent him
3: what's up a full
2: case what's of tequila. So, so what I'm saying 20s. is
5: I'll a little two for look, 20. Look,
3: Taz, two for 20 is the Applebee's. I think it's $2, two for 22 now. Taz, two for 22 Hey, my,
5: my old number was 22. Boom. Boom. Nice so, to hey, me. look, see? It's
3: there. There's the pitch. It's there, gang.
5: It, I'm, they, they need to get at me. They need to get at me. <laughs>
2: I'm a fan of this guy. Hard not to be. By the end of the, the year, Ty Appleby not only going to have an Applebee's NIL deal, he's going to have, I'm trying to think of a specific number of NIL sponsorships he might have. I got fired up. <laughs> That sounds about right. Such a missed opportunity that they... It's ha- not missed yet? Valid. Can we figure it out? I got fired up. <laughs> They need somebody to sell to the people with inflation how the two for 20 became the two for 22 meal. That's it. You need the smile and the affable spirit of Ty Appleby telling you that you should go to Applebee's and the endless number of sides that you could select. I mean... How many different sides could you pick?
5: I got (laughs) five.
2: Come on. Make it right. Come on, Applebee's. Ah. Do we have how many Applebee's we got around here? I know there's one in High Point. I know there's I'm pretty sure there's one off Haynes Mall Boulevard. Gotta be. Gotta be. This show has a lot of reach here. Oh yeah. Somebody listening to my voice right now works it in Applebee's. Owns an Applebee's. You know we can figure this out. There are multiple Applebee's in Greensboro. Absolutely. There's one off Patterson and Winston-Salem, according to my Maps app. And there's one off Haynes Mall Boulevard on Griffith Road. And in High Point. We need to get our guy Ty Applebee an Applebee's sponsorship. And about four more NIL deals after that which amount to.
5: I got five though. We just want him to eat good in the neighborhood. That's
2: it. Then after the game, we had a chance to catch up with Ty one-on-one, his first game at the Joel Coliseum, and this is how that sounded. Here with Ty Appleby. First time playing inside the Joel Coliseum. You mentioned it's part of a new journey. What kind of energy, what type of vibes were there?
5: Um, You know, I liked it. I liked, you know, the, the fans came out, you know, they came to support and everything like that. Um. I think you know. I think we 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 had a a a, a, a slight game today. You know, I did not think we did you know too well. You know, we let them get too many points. Let them um, get you know just easy possessions on offense. Um, they were they played great today. Honestly, I think they you know had more energy than us than in the second half and everything. That's why you know they outscored us in the second half. Um, so I think we just need to be better on the defensive end.
2: What do you think you've learned playing two different opponents now the last couple of weeks?
5: Um, that, you know, we can score the ball. That's one thing I know that we can do, you know, from point guards to the fives, you know, everybody can score the ball, just create for others. Um, I think we just need to improve uh, a little bit on our defensive area, you know guarding the ball one-on-one and you know just helping each other out having each other's backs
2: how much fun was it looking at a box score and seeing that you had five rebounds tonight
5: oh I, I, I don't think I I think the most I had in the game was 11 11 but the five to start you know to start the season oh I think that was, I think that was great a great way to start the season though
2: what ways do you and Davian Williamson offset each other and complement each other well
5: um, I would say, you know, once D-Will, you know, starts to get hot, you know, I can feed him and everything like that, get him open shots, and then when they try to focus on D-Will, that's when, you know, I can make plays, you know, score the ball, get other people over and everything, so I think we just, just two peas in a pod, compliment each other.
2: Last thing for you, are you the one with the best sense of humor in the locker room?
5: Yes. Everybody loves me. Uh, everybody loves me. I'm the funniest. I make everybody smile. And I'm always happy, so I think that's three great traits. But where does that come from? Um, I think I don't know. You know, I just wake up in the morning. You know, I feel good. Thank God, you know, for waking me up every uh, every morning. And then you know, you just got to smile, be happy about your day. Enjoy your Chick Fil A. Oh yeah, thank you.
2: He was just staring at me with a box of Chick Fil A in his hands, being nice and lovable and affable, but clearly just wanted to eat his chicken sandwich. So, thank you, Ty, for putting up with us for a little bit. I forget, how many rebounds did he have last night? (sighs) My memory's bad. I got five, though. Oh, that sounds
5: right. Just saying, that sounds like somebody could be a Chick-fil-A rep, too. Just Just.
2: throwing that out there. Getting there. Want him to have five. One, two, three, four. I
5: (laughs) got five, though.
2: Mike writes in, how about a take five oil change for Ty? I got
5: five, (laughs) though. A take five oil
2: change. Oil change dough.
5: I got fired. Up.
2: <laughs> the drive with Josh Graham only on WSJS. The six man of Tar Heel Basketball is beat on and he's joining us now. He'll take me to grammar school shortly. A lot to talk about today. B dot Let's start with what's most important. Kyrie Irving. I'm just kidding. I'm Ush. not going to do that to you. I'm not going to do that to you. We're not we're not. Thank you. Let's talk about Kyrie and Kanye. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> no, instead, I'm going to ask you This might actually be a difficult question. What are you more excited about right now in the month of November, Carolina basketball or Carolina football?
3: Carolina basketball, no doubt about it. Been it waiting a down. long time, man. You know, I still have the smell of New Orleans on my, on some of my clothing. I still have the taste of defeat in my mouth closed. And I'm just ready to just get the boys back on track. It feels so good to see that number one right beside in Carolina. Like it just, it just feels like that's what it always should have been. And we're ready for this Monday. Kick this thing off, November seventh. Uh, yeah, man, football. We're very excited. Football is a great thing. Drake May, you know the conversations about him. The Tar Heels football team moving up in the polls. I'm down here in Charlotte, and how about Josh Graham? I found out that there's a 12th man here. Did you know that? There's a 12th man in Charlotte. He has his own bar. He went to Carolina, won two Super Bowls with the Steelers, and he's here in Charlotte. So football, Carolina football is really, really on the high right now. But personally, the sixth man of Carolina basketball, I'm ready for basketball,
2: baby. Got anything good for me in terms of you weren't at the exhibition last week, but – Telling me about some of these newcomers. I hear people say that Tyler Nickel might get some time. DeMarco Dunn was in the starting lineup since RJ sat out of that game. Who are you hearing very good things about? Don't do the thing where you mention everybody like a coach would. Give me one, maybe two guys that you've heard a lot of good things about.
3: But Josh, everybody's playing well. Don't do that. Stop. Not everybody's playing well. If you're
2: playing against each other, then everybody can't be playing well. It's like during a scrimmage, coaches lie to you. Oh, man, everybody's playing great on offensive defense. But wait a minute. If you're scrimmaging against each other, one side has to be doing better than the other.
3: Yeah. Now, notable names in all sincerity, um, DeMarco Dunn, seriously. Um, Just the eye test that I got to see with a couple of scrimmages.
2: Could he be the six man?
3: Very, very, he very very well could be, man, because it's what's what's matured a lot about him, Josh, is his decision-making. Like, he's a lot more confident in his skill set, but when he's taking shots, when he's passing, getting to his spots in the lane, it's been real fun to watch. DeMarco has been standout. And yes, Tyler Nickel can feel that thing up, but I am so biased to Seth Trimble. Like, Seth Trimble is just a stud to me. And I heard that in the Rutgers scrimmage that was, I mean, they had a lid on that. They didn't even put out many stats on it. But Super secret. Heard... Everybody's
2: super secret about their scrimmages. You can't talk about uh, it. Super secret.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we're going to talk about it right now. Yeah, that's for sure. From what I heard from a very reliable source, um, <laughs> Seth, Seth Trimble had a, 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 a almost dunk. He got fouled. But the dunk attempt would have been the dunk of the year already. I know the year has not started yet. But just for him to be able to show his athleticism um, against uh, another team it was just real fun for the boys. And we're just excited, man. Like just seeing Mondo try to stretch the floor and shoot a lot, it hasn't been real consistent, but he's been confident taking that shot. And I just think that's dope to see him do that. You know, Leaky. I was looking at some stats that Kerr sent and Leaky's highest points um, in one game in his career is 16. Hey, I can I think I think that Leaky can give me a twenty ball. And I'm gonna challenge Leaky this year to get me a twenty ball just so he can have a twenty point game as his highest game. But it's stuff like that, man. Like we're just excited about basketball season. We are, I man, for real.
2: Speaking of Armando Baycott. Armando Still need that video. Uh, still need that. We still need that. I, shoot him a text. Just shoot him a text to see if we can get that done.
3: Yeah, okay. I'll do that. Okay. I'll do
2: that. We'll see if we can get that one figured out between now and Monday. He committed to it. He, he seems did. like he seems like a man of his word.
3: Actually, actually, he committed to paying you for the rights to that one. <laughs> that's, that's actually what he committed to. Well, but he wanted the
2: original one gone. That was his thing. <laughs> right.
3: And this is the way he gets yeah. the original
2: one gone by giving us right. a new one, which I right. think we, we committed to. I want to play some sound for you real quick of right. the sc- – the exhibition last night in Winston-Salem where (laughs) it was pretty funny. The Cleo Hill Jr. was saying Winston-Salem State, hey, we've done this a couple years in a row now. Maybe next year there's an open invitation for Wake Forest to come to the Gaines Center. So I brought that to Steve Forbes. And there's some good news in that Coach uh, Hill was worried whether or not that this series would continue beyond this year. There's good news on that front, but maybe not the best news that you're hoping for. This is what it sounded like when I brought it up to Forbes.
1: Uh, I think it's great. I, I think it's great for the, for our city. It's great for uh, both both schools. It's good for the guys. You know, you got a lot of kids from North Carolina playing in the game. Um, it actually means something. A lot of times these games don't. You know, you're playing somebody that you never heard of. Um, it just makes it easy on me for scheduling because I just have, I can just tell everybody no. I personally like having the scrimmage and then playing this game. So I don't really see it changing. Uh, as far as us going over there, well, maybe, maybe after uh, to get another coach here, I don't know. Maybe we can figure that out, but I'm just <laughs> not going to be on my deal.
2: Yeah. So it doesn't sound like Forbes wants to go to the game center, but still, he is game for playing this every year, which. Before last year, before Forbes arrived, we hadn't seen this game in over a decade.
3: Yeah, like, I think, I, first of all, man, hats off to Coach Forbes and their Wake Forest um, staff over there for, you know, agreeing to play this game. I think it's something that's necessary, the Twin City um, a, a, a tournament-type vibe with Wake Forest and Winston-Salem State University. And, yes, as a Ram, we would love to see – those Demon Deacon um, uh, buses pull up on the campus of Winston-Salem State University and for that team to be able to one-time experience our home court advantage and just the crowd right there on your neck and just the band playing and the DJ in there and then just the the wall sweat. There just isn't
2: enough room, though, Dot. There isn't enough room to do it.
3: Listen, if we could play a game with Chris Paul, LeBron James, D. Wade, uh, Kyrie Irving, Steph Curry, Rudy Gay. Uh, if we can play a game with those guys in the CE game center, then Wake Forest and Winston Salem State won't draw more of a demand than that. It can be done. Um, we do understand really what monetary wise why it will never be done, but the opportunity to at least go and in a fashion play the way Winston Salem State played last night like that, that game wasn't a blowout second half. The Rams was giving them everything they could handle out there, and I oh, appreciate yeah. that.
2: Oh, yeah, and you know. They played really hard and made it a competitive, it exciting game. And, yeah. uh, by the way, while we're talking about the game Center, Heritage Hardwood Floors did hey. those floors out at Winston-Salem State.
3: Coach Forbes should come see those. Coach Forbes should bring the guys over there to see <laughs> the Heritage Hardwood Floors that have been put down there at Winston-Salem State University. It's no knock for Coach Forbes to bring the guys over there. Because win- most of his players come over to Winston-Salem State anyway. They just be up there in the girls' dorms.
2: We need to figure out how to get Ty Appleby his Appleby's sponsorship. We're working on that. And he also was talking about how many rebounds he had last night. A clip that we've played a multiple multiple times today that we're enjoying.
5: I got 5 though.
2: That's how many rebounds he had last night. Thanks. So we're trying to give him 5. We're trying Yeah, he's a point guard. He didn't grab a lot of rebounds. He's He's happy about grabbing five rebounds. I
5: got five, though.
2: So we need to figure out five sponsors, five NIL sponsors to give them. I think someone already the, talked about the Take Five Oil Change sponsorship for Ty Appleby. I got five, though.
3: That's good. Hey, um, do they still got the $5 footlongs at some
2: Oh! oh! I got five, though. That's how many inches, man. <laughs> got the $5 footlong. No, no, that's how many dollars it costs that's right oh, yeah. to get that okay <laughs> what else do we got oh like maybe heritage hardwood floors oh <laughs> i got though. Yeah, yeah yeah they or, got more than that. five different options
3: maybe five and below how about five and below oh
2: it just gets better and better <laughs> see we're we're figuring this out we gotta we're gonna make that man some money we're gonna try and do that <laughs> okay let's uh let's go into grammar school Josh Graham has his own way of speaking. In high school, he didn't play
0: sports, but he did wear a helmet. And just when you think it can't get any worse...
2: My English teacher wanted to flunk me in junior high. Thanks a lot. Next semester, I'll be 35. Josh
0: is going to attempt to learn B-Dot's vernacular.
3: I'm from the old school. I got a street knowledge. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? It's time
0: for
2: B-Dot's Grammar School.
0: Okay, Doc.
3: Oh, are you gonna do it, Josh? Do no, you didn't no, think no. I could do it because I'm not there live?
2: No, no, you can do it.
3: Oh, well, welcome to another episode of Grammar School. And this is this one brought to you by uh Heritage Hardwood Floors, Josh Graham. It is now. Woohoo! Heritage Hardwood Floors. So let me tell you something, folks. Not only did they just put one down at Winston-Salem State University, yes, I put two T's in university. But they also, they also, yes can put hardwood floors down in your home, at your office. If you want to pimp your ride and put hardwoods in the floor, they might be able to do that as well. <laughs> That'd be all I, the love same. That. I love that show. I miss that. Yeah, show. Yeah. See, Yeah, Heritage, hardwood floors. Appreciate the sponsorship. <laughs> if this <laughs> is your first time listening to grammar school, it's very simple. I have three words or phrases here. And Josh Graham has to get two out of three correct in order to get a satisfactory grade in today's episode. Now, this is season two. I don't know when we'll transition to season three, but this is season two still. And Josh likes to kick off season two with a word of the caucastic persuasion. Joshua?
2: Maybe we'll have a wrinkle in 2023. That'll be mm. season three that we can work mm-hmm. on here. Yeah, I um, like
3: that. I like that.
2: The final straw, I think, in Daniel Schneider selling the team is that Taylor Swift announced that she's not going to D.C. on her tour. Not going to Charlotte either, even though David Tepper is the music man who has all these great things going on and brought concerts to Charlotte. Yeah, yeah, with concerts and such. Taylor Smith, <laughs> she's been in the news. All you got to do is name three Taylor Swift songs. Um, I'm still mad, by um, the way. By the way, that... She didn't get the Super Bowl halftime show. Rihanna dropped new music last week, and I haven't heard a peep anyone talking about how good that music is. Sorry.
3: Well, see, first of all, what we're not going to do is we're not going to talk about Rihanna, okay? Because Rihanna is great, and we're all going to be highly, highly anticipating her halftime performance. Not only her vocals, (laughs) but what she's going to look like. Just don't sing any
2: music. Just don't sing any music from the last 10 years. Just make sure the music's from more than 10 years ago. It
3: doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what spectrum, as long as they're hits. See, that's the thing. People always want to say, oh, how long ago? It doesn't matter. If it's a hit and we can all sing along during the halftime, that's all that matters. Yeah, all our hits but are more than 10 years question.
2: ago. Just pointing that out
3: again. To answer your question, Josh Graham, of three Taylor Swift songs.
2: He's Googled it.
3: Have I Googled anything? I don't even have anything Googled
2: He's got nothing. Okay. I'm i for him. And that me. is
3: my answer. I've got nothing. Okay you can't, can't even name, name one, one taylor you can't swift name song, one i can't name one taylor swift song bro like there isn't any 22
2: swift. love story
3: josh you're a fan that's not fair these are these taylor are swift going fan. back to hits these are monster hits i knew you were trouble when you walked in but the thing is, if I heard them, I would probably sing them. That's what makes it a hit. That doesn't mean I dedicated the song title to memory, Joshua Graham. I would have even counted Famous by Kanye. I couldn't have given you that. <laughs> That's something else. Like, I'm just not good with names of songs. Like, I know tons of songs. But if you just ask me the name of it, I can't tell you the Same
2: name. Same way, Dot. Same way. WD. What is
3: that? You don't Who want, knows the name?
2: You don't want WD as an ally on this. But I know yes, when I, I hear it. He's gotta exactly. watch.
3: Exactly, I could sing. I could sing a song from beginning to end. and couldn't tell you the name of it. He's watching. I know 32 Dmx songs, but can't tell you the names of them. What? What?
2: <laughs> that was my Dmx impression. Uh, Wd's oh, gotta watch Top Gun later tonight. That's gonna be good.
3: Uh, oh, okay. Top
2: so give me give me the first of three grammar school words.
3: All right. Well, today we're doing a medley, Josh Graham, of your favorites. Oh, great. Acronyms. <sighs> Up first. I learned this one today. G D W M.
2: I can't say the first two on radio, can I?
3: Yes, you can. None of these are curse words. None of these are curse words.
2: Three three six seven 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 one six hundred.
3: <laughs> did you did you get a chance to use G T G T A S last week? I did not. Okay. So G D W M. I hear that right? Yes. Yes, G D W M.
2: Okay. Mhm. I'm waiting one of these times for you to say. G, D, T, A, T, H.
3: <laughs> one of these days. <laughs> I might give you that one uh, next week. <laughs> I, think,
2: I think people can figure out what that one is from the six-manatorial yeah. basketball.
3: G D. W M Since it doesn't look like anybody's calling to give you a hint. And I know these are just random letters. I will give you a hint. Thank you. Um, this is, you see this acronym a lot on like Instagram when people have, um, reels where you can do something together. Get down with me. Is that your final answer? That is. That is incorrect. No. Get dressed with me. Oh. No! I, I would have guessed get drunk with me. Ooh, no! that would have been a good one too, drunk get, yeah. dressed get dressed, dressed with, with me. me. Yeah, you can if you go right now when you put G D W M that hashtag in, you can see a lot of tutorials where it's usually a lot of females are showing you their outfits and how you how they went shopping and how they put ensembles together
2: i was so close okay give me the next one with a little bit of context too
3: okay um this one is not an acronym so there'll be no context fair minty b Menti m e n t y hyphen the letter b Menti b what is a menti b
2: WD, did you help him on this one? I didn't help him with any of these three, three, six, seven, seven, (laughs) seven. Is it a minty B or somebody is minty B?
3: No, a minty B, a, definitely a minty B.
2: Minty B. And it's just the letter B. Yep. Minty B. How long is our delay? (laughs) <laughs> about eight seconds. Oh, about eight seconds. Yeah. Okay. So people are just now hearing my call. I, three, six, seven, 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 one, six hundred. I might
3: know. Uh, oh, don't you got- be over there Googling and helping He's WG. not, don't you do it. He's not
2: Googling. That's not his style, but maybe we can get somebody to help me out. I forget who it is that helps me out every single time. Oh, that this.
3: silly truck driver. Oh, That's Kyle, the Amazon driver.
2: driver. Kyle, the Amazon driver is always God. available at a drop of a hat when we need him who am i going to right now though? let's go to Artie.
5: Wait. he thinks he knows
2: Artie's here to help me hey Artie, what's a mini b
0: i believe it's a mental breakdown
2: okay thank you a mental breakdown that makes sense a mental breakdown wwd that's what i'm going with
3: b dot is that your final answer yeah
2: I'll have a mental, I'll have a minty B if this isn't the right answer.
3: (laughs) That is correct.
2: Thanks Hardy. It's great. Okay. One wrong, one, right. What's the
3: last one? Acronym right here for you to finish it off. Josh Graham. G O M A D D as in dog. Correct.
2: Get out my Ooh. one of these words. Can I say all these words?
3: Yes, you can say all of these words in church. In church. In church. Is that well, a hint? Huh? Is that a hint? No, that isn't. That isn't a hint. I'm just telling you how um in Okay, these give words me some are.
2: con give me some context then.
3: Okay, context would be um um some people use this method to gain weight.
5: What is it? What what was the
2: D
3: O M A D? This is exactly
2: what I thought it was going to be before, but I think one of these words is it the get off my
3: ass diet? You cannot say that in church, Josh Green.
2: Okay, that's my guess. That's my guess, though. I'm sorry
3: get off my ass diet that is incorrect sorry it's the gallon of milk a day
2: gallon of milk i love milk more than anybody on the planet
3: yeah you do
2: and i'm not drinking a gallon of milk a day what
3: google it how do you lose how do
2: you lose
3: weight that's gaining weight that's what i said that's what folks do to gain weight Yeah. yeah 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 A gallon of milk a day. Like, a lot of bodybuilders do it so that they can gain muscle and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate
2: acronyms so much. Hey, Dot, Mm -hmm. have Mm -hmm. fun next Monday night. The Tar Heel opener. (laughs) We're sending WD out that way to that game. Let's go, WD. Let's go. I'm in the building, Dot. (laughs) WD will be in the building along with BDOT next Monday night. Thanks for the time, buddy. We'll talk to you next week.
3: Love you, bro.